My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Hello. Hello. All right. Happy Monday. It's Monday. I I always forget. I'm like, I'm just coming back from a very tropical trip and Mondays are a little rough. Actually, it's rough coming back to cold weather in general. I know everybody's probably vacationing right now, but we wanted to bring you today's MLK Day. I'm sure you all know your kids are home. That should not be the only reason that you know is because your kids are home, but we wanted to continue on with our conversation about friendship and particularly about having friends that don't look like you. And it's actually an interesting, I was just on a retreat in Tulum, Mexico, and there were, there are actually a couple black women there. And this conversation actually came up about having friends of different, you know, essentially colors, different backgrounds, but specifically, I think what we're talking about is women who just don't look like us. And it was a great conversation. It was also on an uncomfortable conversation. And I think that goes for a lot of people in general, having that conversation is super uncomfortable. So we kind of wanted to have that today. And we have a couple other things before you, before we started this, we were talking about some situations just in friendship in general, and just kind of I think it's important to bring these up because sometimes we don't think we don't realize that we're the problem or realize that we're contributing to this or maybe why a friendship isn't working or there's like so many different pieces to this, but this in particular, I'm just kind of giving you some scenarios, scenarios in general. But before I do that, let's kind of Erica or Kanisha jump into I'm okay day and what in the spirit of MLK Day and what he tried to do on Martin Luther King. Let's kind of start there and have this this conversation around MLK Day. So can I just share, I think it was last school year. Yeah, last school year. I decided that because, I mean, I've been in schools for a long time and, you know, like between MLK Day and then February being Black History Month, we see a lot of messaging that's the exact same all over the place. So I determined last year that starting this year, my purpose for MLK Day and for Black History Month would be to share the uncomfortable parts. It brings me joy. And I just feel like the world is ready for it. Like kids in school, you know, for Black History Month, MLK, Rosa Parks, Jackie Robinson, Michelle Obama, you know what I'm saying? Like always. So no, let's talk about the other side. Let's talk about people you've never heard of. Let's talk about people that are fighting against injustice today and not 50 Mm -hmm. years ago but so for mlk day like today i'm sure i've been sharing the quotes that are not i have a dream i'm sharing the quotes about economic oppression i'm sharing the quotes about my white moderates i'm sharing the Mm -hmm. quotes about socialism versus capitalism because let's get past yes content of their character we know that you've heard that but like there's so much more to that man and what he stood for than the easy to swallow parts so my like mission has been like get to know get to know the whole man get to know the whole like realm of his like the whole scope of his messaging because it's so much more than people think it is they people a lot of times use mlk you know like they share the quote about hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can do that yeah which is like a nice quote yes but like think about the quotes that actually will make you do something differently in your life as opposed mm-hmm. to the ones that like just make you feel good so oh it's did it end it said oh, no we're, we're still live yeah I'd like a moment. I see live in my corner okay okay yeah. or just sharing to share I feel like I see that sometimes I'm just gonna share to say I shared something or share a picture just to <clears throat> have like a token statement for today because I believe 
you know, that I am required to this one day in January and 20, 20 some days in February when it's more than that, it needs to be all the time. And I, I, I my friends get probably annoyed at me because I'm always like, it's more than just a month. It's more than just a month. Yeah. It's every single day. It's every single day. So yeah. And we've been, you know, we do a lot of like movie watching and things like that with our kids. But um, <clears throat> I will say that last year and this year, this year, I didn't bring it up first. My son actually came up and said, mom, can we watch Selma again? And I was like, can you handle it again? Because there's a lot of things in there. And we had a long conversation last year. It's like rated PG-13. I think I, I think so. But I mean, there's some wording in there and some context of, I mean, it opens with the bombing of the church where the, where the, the four or five little kids died and really highlighting that era of MLK's work and things like that. I was like, are you okay watching this? He's like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. But even just immersing your kids into that and doing that type of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's more than just a quote here or, you know, a couple of days in February. And I'm sure that my <laughs> friends get annoyed, that, but that's what it is, right? We have to educate each other. Now, I don't want to be the only one educating. Erica doesn't want to be the only one educating, right? Like we don't want to be the people that you come to, right? To ask those questions, but just a little something. You know, I saw this lady on TikTok saying that she is no longer something like this year. She's empowering people to do their own Google searches. Like, so she'll tell people like, mm -hmm. I have the same Google you have. And I really like that approach. Like just a simple statement of like, no, you don't need to. I don't need to bear that burden for you. We have yeah. the same Google. That's actually a good, a good point. I think too. And I think we've talked about this too, is like the heightened state of where everything was during COVID with Black Lives Matter. And then, then you don't see it in your feed anymore. Like it, people stop posting about it or stop talking about it or just even having the conversation because it's no longer like this really publicized thing. So when you, when you say stuff like that, it does make me cringe a little because I'm like, oh, am I the one that posts on MLK? You know, like you, you literally have to question whether or not you're that person that's like, oh, post this on MLK, just posting on MLK day or the 28 days in February <laughs> of Black History Month. And so I think that's such a good, you know, Kanisha, I love your, you guys are always posting stuff continuously. So I, okay, here's a question because I know there are a lot of people wondering this. As a white woman, what is acceptable? Because this was a conversation that also came up on our retreat. What is acceptable to post? Do you know what I mean? Like when, because I think knowing what the right thing to do or when to say it or how to say it and have the conversation, essentially what is acceptable? Well, I guess I feel like I don't care what you post. Like I, I want what you post to match what you live. Mm -hmm. So if you post stuff that is super like social justice -y and pro action, that's cool with me if you're doing that. If okay. you are posting that stuff and you're not living that, then don't post it. That's annoying. Or if you don't post anything, but you also don't like just whatever aligns with your life, don't post yeah. stuff just to post it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I was going to say pretty much, you know, the same thing. Don't post it just to post it, but then don't show any action. Like, but also I'm not saying like, go out and flaunt every single thing you do. Like it's not um, about look what I can do on, <laughs> look what I'm doing right now. Look what I can do. I'm better than you because I'm doing this. Like, it's yeah. not like that. It's, it's like, I mean, social media is huge in our, in our realm today. Right. So yeah, share something and someone else might learn from it, but I follow a lot of, if you are white, you can follow a lot of anti-racism pages or blogs or, you know, ally, ally communities, things like that, and get some learning from that that space that's outside of just MLK, Jackie Robinson, Rosa Parks, you know, things like that. So yeah, I, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, expanding where your knowledge is coming from for one, but yeah, don't post just to post. And we can share that book again. I just got it. The so Social Justice Parent. I'm excited to read that. I, I follow 
Dr. Tracy. Oh, <laughs> I forget her last name. It's back, Baxley, I believe it's left, her last name. I follow like Amanda Seals. Oh, okay. Why is she Austin Channing? Austin Channing Brown. Yeah, and you know she's actually Detroit local. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, last year I was like, one day I'm going to get her to come on here. And like, that is, so if anyone knows her, just want to plant that seed, I'll be really excited. But I've read her book and I loved it. There, there are actually some really good books. I think I told you guys this last time I got the, the journal or like the workbook to. How to be anti-racist. Yeah. Just different things like that. Mm -hmm. But I always think about that. And I know when we had the conversation, when we were on a retreat, that was something that came up as just how a, a several, and I always hate making it a black and white thing, but it is very much like, I think white women, and that was the topic of conversation, just don't know what to do or when to say it. And I know we talk about this a lot, but I think it needs to be brought up so much because just hearing it once or twice, obviously how do we get out of that uncomfortableness of having, being able to have that conversation? Does that make sense? Like where it's not like, I don't know what to say. I don't know. And they're like, what I have learned is to say something. Oh, this was the top. This was what it was specifically. So I'll bring this up because it probably is very relevant to a lot of women, whether to call a black woman, black or African-American. And everyone prefers that I've learned this. And so kind of the conversation was, well, I, one woman was like, I don't like to be called Afro. I'm a black woman. One was like, well, I'm African-American woman. And they're like, well, this is why I don't say anything because I don't know what, what, I, what the right thing to say is. And in my experience, what I have learned is I do say something like I worked at Sinai Grace. I have been corrected a lot of times and how I viewed it. And, and they had said is it's better to ask the question. It's kind of like when Jamie from our team talks about, I would rather you bring your kids up to me and ask why my son is doing something or what you prefer, you know, how to prefer to address him to your children versus assuming or just not saying anything at all. And then that's what your kids pick up on. Does that make sense? Sonia no, Sotomayor exactly. wrote the best book in the world called Just Ask. And I use that mm -hmm. all the time with my kids to teach them about disabilities. But the premise of the book is just ask. Okay. You have questions, ask. Okay. So how would, how would somebody ask that? So Erica, do you prefer to be called black or African-American? <laughs> or I would say Erica, what ethnicity or race do you uh, identify with? How do you identify? Yourself? How do yeah. you identify? Cause I'm not just only assuming that I'm asking about your race or ethnicity. I don't want to identify or assume your gender either. So I'm just going to say <laughs> across the board. Yeah. How do you identify? Just okay. don't say, what are you? Oh, please. <laughs> Did I say that? No, no. but oh, humans no. have since the dawn of time. And especially oh, for people that look you? like me that are culturally ambiguous. And actually I should take that back. No one's ever asked me if I, if I prefer a black or African-American because people don't think that I'm that people are like, oh, what are you mixed with? Like black and other black. So anyway, just, you know, how do you identify as a great is a great way to do it. Okay. Or, Hey, what term do you prefer? Like, it's yeah. not a hard question and it's not hard for me to answer. Yeah. Just I like think I people think it's harder to answer yeah. than it is. It's like another way I say too, like, I wouldn't go up to someone and just assume that I know their name. If I've never met them before, Yeah. I would like ask them, <laughs> what yeah. is your name or introduce yourself? Like along those same lines. It, you know, what's interesting is how the conversation really got started was somebody worked at a school and local school. And um, she was not, she, she went in there to teach a class or do something. And she called this, I think he was a boy. And she said, him, or he looked like a boy. She said him, somebody came up to her and said, he actually identifies as a she specific. So uh, essentially how the conversation came up was how to approach youth, how to approach people like with this, she, her, them, there. Do you know what I'm saying? So then, then it came up like, oh, okay, well, then it was, you know, then you start having this conversation, which this is, that obviously is a conversation for all. That's a whole nother conversation. You know, how people, cause I know like, Kanisha, you have she, her, and yours, like how to address. And even with youth at this point, I, uh, them identifying more specifically than 
I think adults just are like, what is all of this? You know, depending on how old you are, like what's happening here? She, her, them there. What, what exactly is this? But that's how the conversation kind of led into, do you want to be called black or African-American or, and one of the women was just like, please just don't ever call me colored. And sometimes it comes down to that. Yeah. Just don't call me colored. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God, that is so like, that is old. Mm-hmm. I've not heard that. And, but, but in full transparency, I feel like when I first moved, you know, when I first moved here, I may have said like colored people, colored, like not knowing any better. Right. Like I come from an all white community, literally. We had one black student and he wasn't there long and his name was Deontay. I remember, and I, I, I loved him, but I, I feel like I've used it at some point, but not in like, didn't realize, you know, like, and wasn't like colored people. It was more like talking about a group of people, if that makes sense. Well, and you got to keep in mind too, although that term is old, there are still people who are old. So like, I heard that two months ago, like grandmas, grandmas and grandpas still say that. Mm, okay. So yeah, it is not a dead term. Yeah. I would never use it. I've learned a lot. I've obviously learned a lot in the 15 years, 16 years, but I would never, but so that, so that was the conversation that essentially is what came up. And then I know when we were kind of prepping for what today was going to look like and having the conversation kind of leading to like MLK day and you know, not just being, cause you, cause most, like you said, most people share that I had to have a dream or, or things like that, which I think this is a good segue for Kanisha. What was your, yeah, I'm going to read it. So I make it, <laughs> so I'm not just saying things off the top of my head. Erica, can you I, type in? Type I in? Am oh, not, sure. oh yeah. I am not great at memorization. Right. Okay. I'm not since drama club in high school. So in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And I feel like that like resonated with what we were talking about. Like last week when we were talking about friendship, but this week I was like, I came in like, you know, we didn't really talk a lot about the negative part of friendship, not to be the Debbie Downer. (laughs) I was like, but I feel like we, we have to a little bit focus on that. But I feel like within any of the friendships we we have, like maybe we have had rough patches, you know, sometimes, or you've had a friendship breakup or- Those are like, it can be as bad as yeah. uh, like a divorce or mm-hmm. a, a breakup with a boyfriend or something, you guys, like yeah. a, a girlfriend, whatever the case may be, it can be mm-hmm. just as bad. Or you go through rough patches where you're fr- with your friends that- maybe you just don't think that they're supporting you or that they're being silenced or you're feeling silenced by what you're saying and you're really not just like feeling heard. That's what I was sort of getting out of it. I don't know. What do you think, Erica? I've had, so I definitely went through some friend transitions, whether it was a hard breakup or a slow one in 2008 and 2012 and 2016. Oh, wow. That's a lot of times. But you know what happens in 2008, 2012, and 16? Like oh. people's, mm-hmm. people get to talking about their political mm-hmm. views, oh. what, they, what they stand I'm for like and what they don't. Putting two and, and two together, those are all election years. Yep, yeah. and like 2008 was when we got mm-hmm. Barack, you know? And mm-hmm. there's things similar to how like last, oh my God, it's now two years ago. Oh, like yes, when, yeah. when Black Lives Matter, like, exploded onto the scene for a lot of people 2008 was the first time that like the possibility of a black political candidate popped onto the scene of their brains and so like things opinions you didn't know they had and language that you didn't know they used started coming Mm -hmm. out of the woodwork and it was like oh no thank you we're all set so there's folks that I like let go it was no hard feelings but also like I don't need that in my life right now because I'm learning more about you than I knew because this hadn't come up before. And then same in 2012 and 16, like, ooh, the rhetoric you're using or the things that you're supporting or the things that you're not bothered by is telling me a lot about what you think of me 
whether you think it does or not, I can tell like that does have to do with me. And I just may or may not need that in my life. So there have been folks that like, okay, I'm not, I may not text on the weekends now, or like, I don't have to call because you're no longer a safe space for me. So there's definitely been friendships lost. I wouldn't say bridges burned. It was never like, Ooh, we are over just, okay. I'm not going to reach out to you. Yeah. Do you still talk to them at all or just one of the ones that I distanced myself from in 08, we still occasionally be like, Oh, cute picture the kids like we're on Facebook or like you know good to see you guys one of the ones who was a close friend that 2016 and 2020 actually 2020 brought it out no we are like done but like I feel better for it yeah I mean it's sad to lose a friend always but it's better to like feel that your heart is safe and that your kids are safe you know emotionally yeah Mm -hmm. And somebody commented, not just friendships ending, but family relationships that ended for that same reason. And that's totally, that's totally mm-hmm. true. I'm curious, this person who commented, is it they are black or white? Because, and I asked this very specifically, we, I've heard it from several white women that their parents are racist and or family members and they don't know how to address it so I'm always curious how people go about addressing that if they do and how that works you know do you know what I'm saying like we have some writers that have said it too like oh my gosh my mom my mother-in-law or my mom is like so incredibly racist and she's like I just don't know what to say to them so that's why I was asking like i I don't know. That's this. Yeah, I'll see what she says. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. And I yeah, those are hard conversations that you know you'd have to have with you know family members, friends, friends. (laughs) Like if they're your friend and they're acting like that, I don't think they're your friend. No, and that's the thing. And people will think that they are like, oh, but I still love you. Or like Kanisha, you Mm -hmm. probably experienced this, and I think we've talked about like you're not like the other black people. Yep, you're you the know, token. Where, where you're the exception to the rule. So like, mm-hmm. you know, what? I feel that way about that group, uh-huh. but not you. You're cool. Where you're the whitest, the whitest black person that I know. So you don't fit into the stereotypical. And I'm like, but it's not, I, why are you putting anyone into stereotypical anything? Like no one belongs. We don't belong in groups. We don't belong to be labeled. We don't deserve to be labeled. No one deserves to be labeled. Elizabeth, you don't deserve to be labeled into a group. Erica, you don't deserve to be labeled. We're all our own person. And I'm a team mom. (laughs) So the commenter said it's with white family. She said in an all white family, lots of racism that at an early age, she decided is not okay. And marrying into a family with a mixed race nephew, which I can really, I mean, I have married into an all white family. So like, yeah, that's, it's real. And I guess too, so part of good for her though. I just want to take a yay, sir, for standing yeah. up and yeah. yeah, yeah, like that's a huge, that's a huge step, I think. And I think it's a hard one too. It's uncomfortable. Um, and I think too, so kind of like the tie, I know when we were talking about like how to take this conversation today, I think this conversation relates to exactly why like we wanted to talk about having friends that don't look like you in the first place, mm-hmm. not to check a box, but because when, when you have friends, family, like close people around you that are different, you learn so much more and yeah. you are exposed to so much more where I feel like if you live in a homogenous and I'll say it, I think in a particularly white bubble, it's easy to never have heard a different perspective or seen a different perspective. And then you end up saying things that you're like, oh, why would that hurt your feelings? Like I said, you're the cool black person. Or like I said, you're, you know. Because we don't say it to white. I've never been (laughs) referred to as like the cool white person or the cool or nice white person. I don't know. So, And there's just things that people say that they, you can tell that they've never been around anyone else. Because if they had, these things wouldn't come out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so how do we help? Okay. How do we, we, I know we talked about it two weeks ago. 
is getting in other <clears throat> other areas in different spaces yeah but i still think it's interesting i still like there are obviously communities in metro detroit that are very white and it, you know i i wanted to share this <clears throat> i was just in tulum and i met the, the guy that took us to our cenotes, he said that all, and this just made me think of Detroit and it really was, it was semi-heartbreaking. And I honestly know this is a conversation for another time, but he said all of the locals have been pushed out of the community because of tourism and like this feeling that like white people wanting to buy property and things like that and, and driving up the, the prices and the, the Mayans and Spanish, they can't pay it. So they're pushed out into like far commu like communities way out. And I was like, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> the same thing happened here in Detroit. Yeah. Right. The same, red, it's called redlining and it happened right here in Detroit. You know, if you drive down parts of eight mile, you'll still see that there was a wall that is built, was built to separate the South side of eight mile, the, the, the black side from the north side of eight mile, the, the white side, right? To keep the communities separate. And when individuals would go into Detroit, they, like there was a lot of you no know, white people that owned, that owned homes in Detroit, but then individuals would come in and say, you know, black people are moving in, in, next, in next door to you. So we wanna buy, give you cash and buy your house. So you don't have to live next door to a black person. And then you can move out to the suburbs. And that was legal until the 80s. Yeah. So like people got to cool it with yeah. their like, oh, that was that was ancient history. No. Redlining was legal in mm -hmm. the 80s. Oh, it still happens too. And it still happens. That's like mm -hmm. as if we were to say like, oh, it's mm -hmm. illegal. So now it doesn't occur. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like Metro Detroit is statistically one of the most diverse but most segregated mm -hmm. communities, like metro areas in the country. It is wild how segregated it is. I just feel like, I don't know, I I know I oversimplify stuff, but I feel like sometimes you just got to like physically put yourself in a different community, like go out to dinner, go do some activities, go to the park there or something, but like, or do your dance class there or your mommy and me class or whatever it is. But, you know, like it's wild how segregated this area is. I actually have never actually thought about it like that, how segregated, like you said, like how diverse, but also how segregated it is. I've actually mm -hmm. never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, you, cause I can ask you like, where, where are you going to find a large Hispanic population? Southwest Detroit. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to find a large Muslim population? Dearborn. Where are you going to find the Jewish population? Bloomfield. Like this is, you know what I'm saying? Like. I never thought of it like that, though. It wasn't like... Well, I had a college professor pointed out to me because he was doing a lot of organizing work around that and particularly okay. with youth, pulling kids from each community to work together. And it was a yeah. beautiful project. But yeah, he pointed it out. And like, it's absolutely true. You can have so many people that never talk to each other. And then you end up with these bubbles right. again, which is just like so sad to see. I hate to see it happening. That is so interesting. Okay, that is something really to think about. And in the sense of like, okay, so if you're someone who lives in Livonia or Northville or Plymouth, because <clears throat> I think those are a little bit more. 90%. How do you, well, you can come over to Farmington. We have, we have a lot of different stuff happening over here. Mm -hmm. Like how, because I know it, and this is, I'm seeing this in a very, I'm pulling it all back. Like, do you put yourself in that community? And then what if, somebody doesn't talk to you, are you actively going up and talking to another black woman or Hispanic woman or whatever the case may be? Are you seeking them out? Like what is the best way for a person struggling with getting friends? And I'm not just saying this for white people. I want to be very clear. I am saying this, I'm saying this for any, if you, if you are somebody that only has people, friends that look like you, I'm saying this, you know, cause I also don't want it to be not attacking one person. It's no. or group mm -hmm. of people. It's more, what can we do to get to the other side? What can we do? Like maybe like, let's use the kids. That's what we had them for. Right. So like, you know, if you put your kid in an activity where they're going to be with other kids, then maybe that's an opportunity like, okay, you and this other mom are both waiting for martial arts class to be finished. You could like strike up a combo. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe the odds are higher. Basketball. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like maybe mm-hmm. that parent will be of a different color because the kids are different colors. So, you know, we had the, the kids. Let's make them work for us. Okay. So what if they, there's, that's not in their extracurricular activities. There's not, they're in that location, right? So how does somebody go about that? So say, like you said, Livonia is 90%. So what does somebody do at that point? Because I'm assuming their extracurricular activities also consist of that percentage. Well, you go ahead, Kanisha. (laughs) I'm going to be bold. I moved out of the area because of lack of options. (laughs) And I I was going to say, I feel like at this point, it's 2022. The internet is too big. Mm-hmm. Like when I see people that I just feel like it's hard to be that insulated where there is no one not white around you. Like you yeah. have to want to maintain that. Yeah. Because we're everywhere. And <laughs> if we're not like in your area, go, go to a different area. Like, I'm sorry. It's just when yeah. I meet someone or when I go to someone's wedding, if you're telling me that by the time you're 30 something, you have not befriended another person of color in any of your schooling, in any of your jobs, in any of your activities, like at yeah. some point, kind of like we were saying earlier, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah, everyone mm-hmm. isn't going to come to you and jump in your lap. So do what you got to do. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's. Yeah. And I think we talked about last time. It doesn't. Like it doesn't have to be in maybe like a right away in person friendship. Didn't we talk about that? Like yeah. with the, with the internet, I have so many internet friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, and my internet friends are pretty diverse. But we talked about you know, you can go on that app, that Peanut app, and meet someone, or or even like our we have seventeen Detroit mom groups, right? Yeah, like, and they're they're getting more pretty diverse, right? And then, I mean, there's definitely different things like around the internet that you can go in, you know, and maybe you just send a message. I don't, that's what I've done in the past. Two of my close friends have been on the internet and I just like, (laughs) one of them I found looking for a babysitter. The other one I matched with on that app and I sent her a message and said, hey, like we have some interests in common from her. And then we just started talking and- You guys get together? With COVID, I don't get together yeah. with her, but we live in the same neighborhood. She like dropped me some tea off the other day because I couldn't like sleep. Like, and oh like, yes, so amazing. Oh, I love her to death. Yeah. And then my other best friend, like, like we have, she lives like 25 minutes away now, but like, as soon as we get a chance with busy life and kids and school and stuff, like we at least try to make it a point to see each other once a month, but we text every day we talk on the phone and video chat like during lunch and yeah, yeah. oh I love that I think but I also don't want too many to balance <laughs> I think we talked about to do it I'm not good at balancing too many friendship is a lot of work and I yeah. I think after our last one I was reading some of the comments and they some of them made me so sad because one I've been there mm-hmm. two that it's such a common thing, like friendships either dissolving or not having a group of friends. And I think one that I was reading was I'm, I think she was a a mom of a child with disabilities. And she was like, I'm sick of being, is it vulnerable or something to create connection? And and really what I want to do is I've like, want to ask so many more questions because, and maybe we could do that sometimes bring, if, if any of you guys, anyone listening, would be willing is just kind of having that, like why that part is so hard. I feel very fortunate because of Detroit mom, like at any given time, you have 60 some women available to, to you, you do. And, um, naturally always meeting people online and stuff like that. But I also am not oblivious to how hard it is. And we talked about this last time for introverted people or, just in general of like stepping out of your comfort zone, it takes a lot to be vulnerable and step out of your comfort zone. And it takes a lot also to be like, you know what, I'm going to be myself. If they like me, if they don't like me, I think that that's far less than it is of like, I'm not going to say something or gosh, if I, what if I say something stupid or how many women meet somebody for the first time and, and the next day they feel like they have a vulnerability hangover because they're like, oh my God, what did I say? Was it something stupid? Is she judging me for this? And 
you know, an interesting thing, like I said before, that we were talking about before we came on is how common it is for women to talk crap about each other in like a bonding phase. Like, oh, we're going to talk or, you, you know, you go out with a group of women and every, I've, I've been guilty of this. I am the, I am the first to admit, but let me tell you, I am so damn conscious of it. And it's been years. Mm-hmm. I've been conscious of it that if I feel it, the need to talk about somebody else's business with another woman, then first I need to check my inner self. Like what, why do I even feel it necessary to be talking about it? Or two, I need to reevaluate who I'm talking to because I don't, that's not, I don't want to be that person. And, you know, I was, went to dinner with a friend and she was telling me about a mutual friend of ours that introduced her to me. And she said, you know, I also have a group of friends and they talk badly about this person. And instantly I was like, I literally wanted to like do, I was just so mad. Like I was like boiling inside because it makes me so mad that like, why even be friends with this person if you're going to talk bad about her and then to talk bad about her in a group. And then here's to give you a really interesting scenario. A month after this conversation, I was getting my hair done. So this is, this is maybe you guys like a week ago, I was getting my hair done. Two women walk in, they're getting their hair done after me because where I go, there's only one person. And these two women sit down, obviously we're in this small little space. They literally start talking about this very same person. (laughs) I obviously it, it literally, I honestly what I should have, and this is where it's so hard. Like I, I literally sit back and I've analyzed the situation in my head so many times. And I was like, should I have said something? So I don't know if you guys feel this like, so where I'm going with this, but like, do I say something like when you, you know, and so this kind of goes along the same lines. If you hear somebody, a friend talking poorly about, you know, any, like, what do you say? But in that moment, I was just like, oh my gosh, it makes me sick that there is just so much that women feel like they just have to, they, these women don't know who I am. And this is how, don't talk about people. You do not know who knows who. Like hair salons are especially dangerous. (laughs) I feel like they're the spot that you would go, but yeah, like, hmm, it's hard because you like don't want to insert yourself in other people's business, right? Like, you don't want to become part of the, part of the, (laughs) the problem but then you feel bad. Like if you don't say anything, right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And that's how uh, I felt. It's like, I, and what I say earlier, it's like a real life version of the mean girls movie. Like yeah. we're all supposed to be best friends, but like, or the, whatever, like that particular group or whatever it may be like. Yeah. Mm. And I think this is where people in friendships, I know we, t- we talked yeah. about this before is when you have a friend that makes comments like about somebody of color. Mm-hmm. and women are like well I don't know what to say when people say I'm not racist you know you you're probably like they said it I'm not I didn't say anything I'm not racist and it's like okay do you speak like when do you what do you do and the, I know these are two different things they were having a separate conversation versus that but even in that situation I don't know there's so many scenarios here there's just well so- I've seen on again I love like TikTok. I find the coolest stuff on there, but like a lot of people are like, you know, when someone says something racist, sexist, homophobic, like the, all the ists and all the icks, like if they make it, if they're joking or whatever, make a comment, say like, Oh, I don't get it. Yeah. And that, cause (laughs) no one will ever explain it because then they'll be like, well, well, you know, it was like about, you know, like they, they feel that, (laughs) that shame or like, Oh, what made you say that? So like, you don't. So you don't have to do like the, Hey, that was wrong. That was inappropriate. I don't like it. She's like, Oh, tell me what you meant. I'm not sure that I get it. And you'll probably see them like completely ghost yeah. out. <laughs> That's a good point. I've never, because when we, we have gotten asked this question in our DMS, like when you're with somebody and they say that, like, what do you say? And I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Like I get all like crazy. I'm like, but I know that's not a good response. So what do you say? So I think that's a good one. Yeah. Just a simple, like, oh, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. 
again, I, I spend a lot of time on the TikToks, but also like as I'm the person of color that they made the comment about, and I don't even always say anything because it's awkward and it hurts. And it's like, oh, my friendship's mm-hmm. going to be different depending on which way I take this. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm trying to get better about it because if I don't say something, then you, the other person is no better and the world is no better. Yeah. Um, or sometimes it's coming back around to it later, like, hey, you said, like, or sending a text so you don't have to have it awkwardly in person. Yeah. Hey, you said that and it really didn't sit right with me or I really didn't feel good about yeah. what you said. I've had to have conversations recently similar to that. And it, you like, you get through it, you, you talk about it and then like you say, okay, let's refresh, <laughs> refresh and start from a different light again. Let's, let's refresh this situation. But yeah, it's having those uncomfortable conversations. Hopefully you don't have to have them all the time, right? Yeah. But one good time we should probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> just just be and that's I was wondering that like, is your relationship going to have in your experience, have you noticed, does your relationship recover or is the person more offended or defensive? I feel like, well, I think I've said this before. Other people's responses are not my business. So yeah. like you could be offended by what I said. That's fine. Or if you're offended rather by like me calling you out on what you said. Yeah. Then that speaks to your own stuff. And this is a friend. Like if you are having this conversation with a friend. And I'm thinking more of like with family members. I think your relationship evolves and it's not the same as it was before. I've definitely had family and from relationships that have evolved after I've said things like speaking my truth that it's just like not the same as it was before. But sometimes Um, like that's the choice you have to make or the risk you have to take. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to live in your truth and stand up for it, like, yeah, our relationship might be different now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we evolve as people too. Like I've had conversations where, you know, I wasn't as vocal as I am today about like these particular issues and things like that, just because I wasn't comfortable and I wasn't comfortable with myself in that place so I feel like once I like the switch went off (laughs) you know once and I really was like I'm all into this like I'm all into my journey and being who I need to be for myself yeah it was different I love that though and I think I guess if someone like if you want if you're debating whether or not to say something to a friend or family member about something that's important like if you decided that anti-racism is important to you or anti like transphobia whatever it is like is it important to you or is it not because if it is Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to like own that and accept that it's gonna come with some tension it's gonna come with discomfort it's gonna come with some strained relationships and that's why a lot of people choose not to go that route I'm pretty sure because I'd rather keep all my friends and let Mm -hmm. the comments happen so like, I mean, it's up to you. No one's going to force you to take on the mantle of a cause or a social justice issue. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it. Man, that is, <clears throat> and I think that's the hard part right there is people, because what I've heard and what I'm kind of seeing too is like, well, it's not really an issue for me. So they don't do you know what I mean? There, it's just they're like, well, it doesn't affect my daily life. So if you well, don't talk goes, about it, maybe it'll go away. It goes back to that <laughs> quote that Kanisha read, the MLK quote mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. silence of your friends. Mm-hmm. We notice, we see it, and like we might make a choice to take or leave it. That's so good. But like, it, you also can't be mad about like if I decide that we're not going to hang anymore because yeah. of this your silence on issues that matter to me, like that's your choice and you have to accept that also. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good MLK. Some, this is some good juicy stuff in here. And I also feel like there's so many things we talked about that like redlining, I think that's a whole nother conversation, right? And gentrification. Cause I know we've talked about it on our podcast, but we, I don't know if we've really talked about gentrification in this space specifically because I even wondered, I know we talked on, on our podcast, but just like, well, if the, there, there's money going to the city, isn't it a good thing? Do you know what I mean? So I think there's 
a little bit of confusion too, like around gentrification. So obviously we won't jump into that, but <laughs> I know, but the, the friendship thing I do think is a really important was, is a really, really important one. And I, think I guess I, I'm thinking too, like you were asking about, like, if you have like this homogenous group of friends that looks like you, like, how do you make friends that don't look like you? Yeah. And the more I'm like hearing it in the back of my head and turning it over, I guess I feel like, how did you make the friends that look like you? Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you have, if you have friends, if you have a friend group and a lot of people do, but they just all look the same as you, like you got those friends somehow. So just do that, but with other people. I wonder if some of the people that have listened that don't have friends that would be willing to come on and have like, why, like have that conversation, not in an attacking way, right? But to really, this is what I'm understanding as well as I do a little more research on friendship and stuff like that is when you have a difference of opinion or things like that is not to push your views or how you feel about it, but ask more questions. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, well, why? Or you know, just really understanding. So having somebody come on and understand, well, why do you feel it's hard to make friends that don't look like you? Or why, do you know what I'm saying? Do I make- Do we have a community group specifically for special needs moms? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see it now. Okay. Detroit mom. I'm going to tag it in the group because I feel like that's been a bit of a recurring um, theme too. Yeah, there are, there are women in there. Jamie, I know Jamie is on a year hiatus, but Jamie ran that group. And so, but I know she, whoever is, I can't, I'm not sure who is running it currently right now, but they're taking, she made sure they're going to take really good care of it. So that's a great place to start. If you are somebody that has a child with disabilities. I just, I love our community groups. I feel like it's such an easy way to connect. It is. I know we need to, we need to figure out a way to get more conversations happening in there about more than just like I don't know it's such a hard balance between like happiness sad serious Mm -hmm. confrontational non-confrontational it's like it's really hard to I think for the especially for the ambassadors like understanding how to juggle that um but I'm like what if we could have more deeper conversations instead of starting I know that's like a place to start right like let's talk about this stuff but I also think that that stuff only lasts for so long like that's usually your bonding thing right like why you guys bond is for me I have friends that we bond like my grief story obviously is is always a huge connector there's this fuzz like (laughs) I caught it and then I, I got rid of it and then it came back like two in some of those groups like I've noticed or when I posted because I'm a mom ambassador in one of the groups right and or if I've posted some of the harder stuff like the converse there's not really any comments on the hard stuff <laughs> maybe some likes on the lots of like if you post like funny or happy like there's more but not and that could be you know getting a little it's uncomfortable to have those conversations, right? Like we keep saying, so they're not like moms might not be sure how to, well, how do I respond to this? Or, or if they're introverted, you know, it might be harder for them to, to respond on those. But I always say, you know, I welcome DMs or anything like that. If you want to talk like not on this public post or anything like that, but yeah. I know. I agree. I think that that is like a great, Mm -hmm being able to reach out to you guys and ask those questions or myself, if you're someone who's like, I just mm-hmm. want to ask this question first, I'm probably going to direct mm-hmm. you, but I'm, I'm very transparent about, I, yeah. I've not always had the answers. Like I have learned really hard lessons in my time of having friends that do not look like me. Like I've, I've learned some really hard lessons. And they were super uncomfortable, but they were, they, in the long run, obviously, when you get the kinks worked out, they're really worth it. So I think so that- To that, ahead. Elizabeth, one of the commenters had said, what makes you feel like you have a safe space in a friendship? Ooh, and yeah. I feel like that might be a good question to touch on before yeah. we go. That's a really great one. I think, you know, when I, whenever I think about it, 
the people that I feel the safest with are generally people that I have like a, like a connection with, like a common bond. Like for me, grief tends to be like, because obviously grief ebbs and flows and you go from highs to lows. I find women that I, yeah, that's a great question. I need to really sit with that. Similarly, I feel like I have a lot of connect, my closest friends connect with knowing about like past childhood trauma or having their own trauma in that aspect to understand or having like some PTSD issues or anxiety or whatever it may be. Like, I feel like we both understand each other on that level (laughs) that sort of brought us closer together, but also the other things that we've been talking about, like similar interests and, and similar beliefs and, and things like that. But also the deeper stuff, like that hard, hard to talk about stuff, things that I would only talk to my therapist about, but I can talk to yeah. like, this person about as well. I think, you know, another mm-hmm. thing about Erica, cause I want you to what's <clears throat> yours too, is when you can sit with somebody and have the really hard conversations for me, like when I can have, so using white women as an example, when I can sit and I can think of one specific friend who we were talking about when Black Lives Matter stuff was happening and we had this really deep conversation and she couldn't understand and I couldn't understand her point of view but then like we were like oh we thought about it we're like oh yeah that makes a okay I can see your side I can see your you know we are like that and I was like okay she is my space like she was like you are my space that we can have this conversation we're not going to lash out and attack each other but understand each other's point of view and I think that's like for me, it's like a safety thing. When I, when I feel, you know, that feeling you get when you're with somebody and you're like, I can tell them things like, like they right off the rip. were like, Hey, by the way, I, I lost my, my mom. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, this is like, we're going to connect. Or like, if you meet someone and they're like, yeah, my marriage is like the first time you meet them. They're like, yeah, my marriage is falling apart. You're like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever the like when people are willing to be vulnerable, I feel like that is when I feel the safest. Not when they're like, Oh, my life is like, my marriage is so amazing. And we're going on this trip together alone. And my husband, he, I, I don't even have to work if I don't want to. I'm not talking about anyone in particular, right? And our kids are well-behaved and our yeah. house is clean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, healthy meals three times a day, every single day. Yeah. Everyone. (laughs) That's generally, but this is, I, for the person that asked that question, I really want to sit with this though, because I want to give you a really good answer because I know I want to really think what makes me feel the safest. Those are off the top of my head, things that I can think of that make me feel the safest. Well, and mine was going to be like my safe space friends are the ones that I could take my dirt my hurt like I could talk to them about whatever and I have different groups of friends I have like three different groups of best friends but they're all from different spaces and there's different things I take to each and I'm also fine with that but I can I know that I can take it to them and just like lay it all out but particularly when it comes to like white friends or white family which I have a very extended one of through my husband now like if it's can I talk to you about the fact that I protested last summer or are you going to say some racial comment around my kid? Like if, if that, like what, how that's going to go determines if this is safe or like, can I bring my brother to the family party and you feel the same way about him as a tall black man that you felt about me as like a light complected woman. Like if I don't feel like my brother can be safe with you, then I'm not safe with you. Or if you're going to make a comment, not realizing that I'm still in the room. Yeah. Because you didn't even think about it, then that's not a safe space for me. And that happens extremely often in white spaces. So Mm. there's lots of places with white people that I don't feel super safe to like, let it all hang out or to be my true authentic self. But I'm also like, these last couple of years, I'm in the mood to just like disrupt and like, I don't care how uncomfortable you are. Yeah. Tell me more about why you said that. Because I'm just like, yeah. I spent yeah. 32 we're, years being the quiet, docile. We're going to talk person. about it now. Yeah. yeah. Erica. I'm tired <laughs> we're, now. So we're rustling feathers. Especially when I'm pregnant. When I'm pregnant, my like patience is down yes. and my like talking is up. 
So I have lots to say. <laughs> I was hoping our water would break while we were on this call. We <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, let's table that, the safety. Because mm -hmm. I actually hear this a lot. And I actually just went through some, a really intense therapy that I, in most spaces, have felt unsafe. And it stems back to my childhood. Yeah. Which is a crazy thought. And kind of putting a label onto what makes me feel unsafe mm -hmm. and conversations like what I had heard from my girlfriend that, that, because I'm always like, oh, that, that group friend, they're probably talking about me because I'm, I know how I am. I'm, woof, I, I'm a dreamer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am the farthest from type A. Like if there's a type Z, that is me. Like, <laughs> like and I know, I know people can't stand it. And so sometimes I do feel like in groups, you know, and I've learned the hard way where I trusted somebody and then found out something and I was just like really hurt by it. So I feel like I've gotten a little bit more selective and honest. So like when I first meet somebody, I'm like, Hey, let's just get past the, uh, let's just, I don't have time for the, what is it called? Like small talk pleasantries. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't have time for that. Like I have four kids. I'm married to my husband. You like, we don't need to talk about it. Like, let's like, is this a friendship? Cause uh, essentially I'm at the point in my life. Like, do I want to invest time in this friendship? Yeah. Uh, really? That's truly where I'm at. And so like on all fronts and I feel like over the last year to two years, I've really figured that out. Like how I've noticed that has come up is when you, when you're giving way too much to a friendship and you're not receiving, which I think is happening a lot more where we aren't speaking up and saying, Hey, this just isn't right. Or like, I feel like I'm always the one giving in this friendship or always checking on you or always doing this, but you're never checking on me or when you know, I'm going through something. And I think that's where my safety safety comes from too. If you literally take the time to reach out to me and say, Hey, I know you're going through this. I just wanted to check in on you. I know you're probably not one that you're, you're probably someone I can trust. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone else has had this situation, but some of the people I thought were some of my best friends, literally when I was going through some of the hardest times did not check in on me. I like what you said about selective and honest. I feel like Again, at this point in our grown woman lives, yeah. like when it comes to friends, you don't need 80. No. Like you can be sure. selective and you want to be able to be honest with them. Quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm teaching my four-year-old that like, baby, you don't have to be mm -hmm. best friends with everybody in your class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've had that conversation the last couple of weeks. I'm like, I actually said, you're not allowed to be friends with that person anymore. I said, time to sever that yeah. relationship. Like. And we were, I was like, one day you're friends, one day you're not. I was like, it's over. I ended your friendship for you. <laughs> like, and I was like, feel that. You know what? I've had teenagers teach me, like, I have friends and I have associates. And I feel like, oh, yeah. Like, you don't even realize how deep that is and how, like, appropriate <laughs> yeah. that is. But that is totally mm -hmm. fine because you might have this many friends and, like, this many associates. I feel mm -hmm. like, teens these days are a little bit more smarter like they're just yeah. like hear my daughter talk my 21 year old and I was like so philosophical and like friendship uh -huh. if you can be with friends and oh this is another I want to say this to the safety if you can sit in silence with a friend for extended period of periods of time that's your safe space mm -hmm. Where silence you don't is okay yeah, mm -hmm. it, it is like when you're driving a car, like mm -hmm. I've had people like, I'm so sorry. I'm not talking. I was like, actually so refreshing because I talk all the time and like to be <laughs> able to feel comfortable enough with me that you didn't have, that you didn't feel like you needed to talk like that is, that is safety. Right. And like, there's so many things belonging is safety. Feeling like you belong somewhere is feeling safe. With oh, did you guys comment? So like in when we talked two weeks ago, I put in our comments the Maslow's hierarchy because mm -hmm. we were talking about belonging, but like belonging yeah. is a human need. Mm -hmm. It's like number three out of the five. So sorry. You just yeah. No, I <laughs> am imagine. I'm like thinking of the pyramid in my head right now, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. 
it's a basic, it's, well, you start with your basic needs, but it is a need on their belonging and that you have to have all that so you can get to self-actualization or it's not going to happen. And it could be literally belonging with one person. Like you could literally belong with one person, but the things it does, like the endorphins it releases, like the, the, like I just spent nine days with other women. My, I'm on like this high, like this oxygen, everything's being released. Like life is good. It's because when you come into community with other women and you're able to just lay it out and share this commonality because you are a mother or you're a woman, or you've had friendship, you have sisterhood wounds or marital problems or whatever the case may be like to be in community and be able to be with women in that environment is like no other. So there are women who are lacking that. Mm -hmm. So how do we help them? Like, I'm just like, get them there. Come, come, like, come, you belong here. Like, let, let, let me embrace you. Like, and not know, like yeah. comment on our stuff. Like, obviously there's three people here yeah. that like, when we're posting all the time, like we want to be friends. We want to talk. That's why we're here. Yeah. So like message me, mess, you know, I, I know. feel like that's how I made friends with Tom Keen. <laughs> I just kept loving all her writing and comment. And now I've just injected myself into her life. And yeah, that's what friend. I did too. Yeah. I was like, Tom Keen, take me as your friend. <laughs> and you know, I claimed yeah. Kanisha, like when she did her intro, I was like, yep, you're mine now. Like, <laughs> just like, so here's people like, I don't know, start with us if you don't got anybody mm -hmm. else, but yeah. Yeah. We've, we've told you, like, we want you here. And I think that is like an important piece, whether whatever, whatever you are, it doesn't matter. Like, and that's the thing. I think that we pigeon ourselves, pigeonhole ourselves into all these little groups. Right. And there's just so much more out there. So yeah, I don't know. I know this conversation could probably go on for a really long time, but slide into our DMs, send a little voice message. If you want to get really crazy, send a video message, step out of your comfort zone. I love video messages. So if you're sending it to me, I don't care what your house looks like, your hair looks like, your kids look like, or what's happening. <laughs> I just think it's so cool to give like this face or thing to people. That's why I love voice messages, like being able to step in and send a quick little voice message to someone is so cool. Elizabeth, you made me more comfortable with voice message. Now I do it all the time. I'm like, it's just so much easier. Guys, <laughs> what have we been doing our whole lives? Um, okay, I'm not a big fan of voice messaging only because I, I never have quiet where that one that's bouncing around upstairs isn't oh. also talking at me. Yeah. So like, send me a typed. I, I just, yeah, I love them. Even if my kids are much, or I like <laughs> Like it always takes like me holding the phone up like yeah. to hear so I can hear what it takes saying. me like four or five tries like oh, I know I've started over like well this so. is good to know Eric I'll make sure I always text you see we well, learn in our friendship but I've learned to when I see a voice message from you I wait until like I can't just push it right <laughs> away I wait until I'm able to engage and yeah. then I'll listen to it so it's fine we make it work that's how friendships go. Yes. Well, you know, it's because I can, I can be like, my quiet is happens in the car. So I can yeah. either be like, oh, I, I got to, re I'm reminded to tell somebody something or, yeah. yeah. Or if like, I'm trying to like juggle a kid, but I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get this thought out. And I'm like, doo -doo -doo -doo, you know, do that. But yeah. But send us, so, guys, send us messages. We want to hear from you. I just tagged us in the comments so people can know like, yes, reach out. Send it over. Or oh. if you hate us, like we can refer you to someone else that's cool. <laughs> Do you, if you need a friend referral, just uh, send us your resume and we will refer you out. I don't um, hate that idea. Actually, I think it's really fun. I've seen like going around those like Google Docs apply to be like my friend. <laughs> Hello and answer all these questions. <laughs> yeah, like I oh my god, actually, okay, that's let's table that. That could actually be a really fun, like maybe something really fun. To totally we make like friend, we could like be match friend matchers for people yeah. with Google Docs. We oh do my that. god. Okay. I, I totally match you that. with a friend, like send your Google Docs to us and we'll match you with a friend and you all can start talking. <laughs> yeah, actually, then you don't have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it for you. Actually, that sounds pretty fantastic. I think we have something. <laughs> I'm literally, the wheels are turned. Where's Crystal? Crystal, get on it. But wouldn't that be so cool? Essentially, like a business card that you send to people like, hey, here's all the basics about me. I have four kids. I have this. I have this. I like this. 
you know, your ethnicity on it so that we can get you somebody that doesn't look like you. I identify as. I'm so down for this. And then it's done. You don't have to go look for them. We'll, we'll find them for you. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) Crystal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Well, thank you guys for being here with us on this lovely blistery cold, but really, you know, I'll, well, I'm going to share some stuff too from Kanisha and Erica over on Detroit mom today and just kind of, you know, like you said, like continuously, whether you make it a point to share it weekly, like stuff like Kanisha, you always have stuff. You guys. Oh, I try to share something every day. I know. I love it. mm -hmm. There's an email too. I can put it in the comments of this. There's a website, anti-racism daily. You can sign up and get like a daily email or that'll get sent to you every day with like a reading about whatever, like whatever the site is, is thinking about talking about today. So I use that one. I have like, I get a daily email to like my work email. So I make sure that I see it every day and I follow their Instagram too. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. You need to put that. I'm Erica. I don't think that, uh, yeah, I can, I can. Um, and then obviously we'll be coming in hot in February with all the resources. Um, yeah, we'll be coming in hot. And it might make you uncomfortable. Ooh, it might, it might we're going to have some yeah. real good ones in February. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> we'll reshare podcast episodes. We talked some, we've had some really uncomfortable conversations. It's interesting. The more that we talk about this friendship thing, I'm just like, man, there's, we, we need to really figure out how to make this possible. Yeah, who knew it was so like... We are the friendship makers of people who do not look like you, but we can also help with the other end too. Like it just doesn't have to be people who don't look like you. I think women just need villages, period. Or people just who don't think like you is probably. Yeah. Yeah. Who can challenge you. Oh, there's another safe thing. You guys, this is another safe, another safe one. I'm going to end with this. And it's one, one, one. Those are my numbers. That when you can challenge each other's thinking, that is a safe relationship. When you can challenge each other's thinking and respect each other, where it's mm-hmm. not like, okay, so say Kanisha says something to me and I'm just like, oh my, internally I'm like, girl, no, I do not agree with that. Then I go tell Susan and I'm like, oh my God, Kanisha was telling me this today. But when you can actually have that conversation with each other, where Kanisha says that to me and I take a minute, I'm like, oh, how do I feel about that? And I think about it and then I ask questions about, why she feels that way instead of putting my own ideology or my own thoughts and stuff. Cause that's what happens, right? We hear something that is different than us. We're like, oh my God, I would never do this because of this. Why would you do that? Why would you think about doing that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like when somebody can challenge you, what is the point of that relationship? It's uncomfortable when people challenge me, it really makes me uncomfortable. Naturally it might hurt my feelings for a little bit, but then I'm going to tell you what, nine out of 10 times, I literally need a day. I think about it and I was like, well, she was right. (laughs) And then what I normally do is I send her a voice message or call her if it was really serious, but generally voice my say, so last night I thought about it and you are right. And I'm going to work on that. (laughs) Or I don't know what I was thinking. You know, so you see what I'm saying? Like, there's just so many, there's so many cool things, but Anyways, thank you guys for being here. I know this went over a little bit. There's just so much to say. So much. We, we talk about so many things. We have to go back and pull out, like, obviously things that yeah. should be separate topics. No, this is huge. Yeah. No, it was awesome. All right. I love have it. A great Monday. Stay warm. Mm-hmm. Stay cozy. Get your tea, whatever, whatever the case it may be. And we will uh, see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.